Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Glasgow Times Sports Podcast, normally recorded in our studio at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre, currently recorded from our volunteers' homes. To keep in touch with us, use our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, which are all at Q and Review. That's C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W. Or get in touch via information at qandreview.com. That's information at c-u-e-a-n-d-r-e-v-i-e-w.com. Please like and share our podcast and give us any constructive feedback. Evening Time Sport, April 26. Celtic linked with Hammer Bay Defender. Celtic have been credited with an interest in Hammer Bay Defender Mohaned Yezi. The 25-year-old who plays at left-back would likely command a fee of around £2 million. The Iraq international is highly regarded by the Swedish club and has already attracted a bid from Polish outfit Lech Poznan that was rejected. The Scottish Sun claim that Ange Postecoglou is keen on bringing in defensive reinforcements during the summer transfer window and report that the Parkhead club are weighing up a bid for the full-back. The Iranian is out of contract in December 2023 and the report adds that Hammerby will not stand in his way if Celtic table an acceptable offer. The Celtic manager currently rotates between Greg Taylor and Josip Juranovic at left-back while Irish defender Liam Scales has also featured there this season. Bolly Bollingoli is expected to depart Glasgow this summer, while Adam Montgomery, Postecoglou's other choice at left-back, will return from a loan spell at Aberdeen at the end of the season. Report by James Kearney. Evening Time Sport, April 26. Mike Blair insists Edinburgh's best is enough to overcome Ulster. Report by Stuart Bathgate. Mike Blair famously paid little or no attention to the URC table when his Edinburgh side were top of the standings. But as the business end of the season approaches, the head coach is scrutinising it a lot more carefully. The way the URC works means there are three fights in one in the upper half of the 16-team league and Edinburgh, like Glasgow, are involved in all three. Seventh at present, going into Saturday's game against Ulster, Blair's team need to get back into the top four to ensure a home quarter-final. While that is possible, they are also at risk of dropping out of the top eight, something that would mean no playoff place at all. And with the winners of each of the four regional pools being guaranteed a Champions Cup place, Edinburgh need to finish above the Warriors to win that place. Otherwise, they could finish in the top eight, but be demoted to the Challenge Cup if, for example, Scarlets won the Welsh pool, but were ninth or worse. It sounds confusing, but Edinburgh can simply 
simplify things for themselves if they beat Ulster at home and thus preserve their unbeaten competitive record at the Dam Health Stadium. Blair said yesterday, We are aware that Ulster are a really good team. They beat Toulouse in France, and that was a fully loaded Toulouse team. But at the same time, we are comfortable in what we are trying to do. We know that if we put our best team on the pitch, we can beat teams. The new ground could be sold out for the first time at the weekend, and Blair believes the biggest reasons for the growing attendances are the quality of the rugby his team have been playing, and the atmosphere generated by having the supporters so close to the pitch. He added, the proximity of the fans to the ground means they can feel all the hits and hear all the communication stuff. Hopefully the results on the pitch and the type of rugby we're trying to play helps keep people coming back. Scotland winger Darcy Graham is on the way back from injury, but is unlikely to feature against Ulster, although WP Nell will be available after suspension. However, Edinburgh confirmed that two other props, Luan de Bruin and Boan Venter, will be out for the rest of the season after needing surgery on the injuries they sustained in the game against Powell. Report by Stuart Bathgate Evening Times Sport, April 26 Fraser Mann's gem of an idea around golfing apparatus. Report by Nick Roger there are many ways to swing a golf club. Some of you may possess the smooth, nonchalant elegance of a rotation that flows to the tune of the Blue Danube. The rest of you, meanwhile, possibly display the chaotic, flustered timing of a hurried toilet stop at a dreary motorway service station. In the ongoing quest for golfing improvement, there are all manner of contraptions, mechanisms, devices and appliances that a player can utilise amid the teeth-grinding futility of it all. Then again, who needs fancy gizmos and gadgets? If profanity had an influence on the flight of the ball, the game of golf would be played far better than it is, reasoned the great amateur of yore, Horace Hutchinson. Perhaps there's a gap in the market for the profanity pro performance ometer. This particular marketplace, with all sorts of alluring accoutrements promising golfing fulfilment, is a cutthroat scene, but well kent Scottish PGA grandee Fraser Mann is hoping his new innovation can steal a march in a competitive environment. After 15 years of careful nurturing, protection and development, man is now selling a piece of apparatus called Golf's Essential Move, GEM, GEM, a simple weighted teaching aid which fits onto a club and makes the golfer move their body along with said club in the correct way. Aided by his business partners, the former Celtic and Hearts footballer 
turned entrepreneur John Cahoon and two-time European Tour champion DJ Russell, man's inventive endeavours are beginning to bear fruit. It came to me by accident when I was fishing and that's when I had the Eureka moment, reflected the former Scottish PGA and Northern Open champion. I got a tip from the ghillie who was helping me with my casting. When my golf went off, it was always the wrong thing of closing the face of the club on the back swing. The fishing tip was basically a reminder not to close the face. I took that idea back to my workshop and came up with an attachment that was visual but also had weight in it that gave me feel. I had loads of scribblings and notes. I've always been keen on technical stuff. If I hadn't been a golf pro, I would have been an architect or a draftsman. Over the next 15 years, I kept the swing aid a close secret. In November 2020, I demonstrated it to John Cahoon, a six handicapper and lifelong slicer. In the space of a few swings with the gem attached, John could feel the club release in a different way. And when he hit a ball, he was amazed at being able to hit an unfamiliar right to left draw. He immediately became my business partner. We joked that it was like the old shaving advert, where Victor Kayam said he had such a good shave with a particular razor, he bought the entire company. Manufactured at an engineering firm in McMerry in East Lothian, the gem which has now been brought to the market and is retailing at £99, has earned the kind of glowing testimonials that Thomas Edison used to be showered with. Added man who has been a member of the PGA for over 40 years, Ian Woosnam is a good friend of mine, but he wouldn't just say it was good just for the hell of it. It genuinely works. Former footballer, record-setting sprinter and renowned motivational and after-dinner speaker George McNeil will vouch for that. In the last year, George's handicap has come down from 18.6 to 11.2, which is incredible, added Martin. I've showed the device to more guys in the last month than I have in the last 15 years, and the feedback has been incredible. I've been sitting on this for so long, and I thought someone would have invented something like it by now. The hardest bit, funnily enough, has been to explain to people how it works, because it is so simple. It basically gives you visualisation of the correct positioning of the club in the backswing and the through swing, and the weight gives it feel. It seems a man has had, well, a gem of an idea. There was a guy on the range next to me using it, and I could hear him talking about how it had helped his golf, added man. He had no idea I invented it. There was quiet satisfaction. Report by Nick Roger Evening Time Sport April 26 Six Celtic players and two Rangers 
included in PFA Scotland's Team of the Year. Report by James Kearney. PFA Scotland have announced their Premiership Team of the Year for the 2021-22 campaign. The Players' Union vote annually on the top flight's best 11 players over the course of the season and the results for this term have been announced. Hearts goalkeeper Craig Gordon has been chosen as Scotland's top shot stopper, while Celtic's Cameron Carter-Vickers and Tynecastle defender John Souter have been paired at centre-back. Rangers captain James Tavarney won the most votes at right-back, while on the opposite flank Celtic's Josip Juranovic has been given the nod. Parkhead trio Jota, Tom Rogic and Callum McGregor take up three of the four midfield positions where they are joined by Ross County winger and the Premiership's top scorer Regan Charles Cook. Ibrook's fan favourite Alfredo Morelos and Kyogo Furuhashi, the Celtic striker, signed by Angie Postacoglu last summer, complete the 11 chosen by the Scottish Footballers Union. The full lineup is Gordon, Tavarnier, Carter Vickers, Suter, Juranovic, Rogic, McGregor, Charles Cook, Yota, Morelis, Furuhashi. Report by James Kearney. Evening Time Sport, April 26. Rangers will become national heroes if they achieve Europa League glory. Report by Ewan Payton. Chris Boyd says this group of Rangers players have the chance to become national heroes if they make it to the final of the Europa League. Van Bronckhorst's side take on RB Leipzig in the first leg of their semi-final this Thursday. The Scottish champions travel to Germany this week before then hosting the Bundesliga giants back home at Ibrox seven days later. Rangers have knocked out Borussia Dortmund, Red Star Belgrade and Braga to make it this far. The incentive is clear for the light blues. A win over the two legs will see them earn a place in the Europa League final in Seville on May 18 against either West Ham or Frankfurt. And should they manage to do that, former striker Boyd reckons the players and staff should be regarded as heroes for the whole of Scotland, not just Rangers. He said, the European run there's been some terrific away performances, but it's been at home. If you can stay in the tie and get them back to a packed eyebrows. No disrespect to Leipzig, but we've seen better teams than them come to eyebrows and collapse basically because of the crowd. Exact same at Celtic Park. The crowd is intimidating. It will be hostile. And it only will be like that if Rangers can go over there and put on a performance that allows them a chance in the second leg. I would imagine it would be tight, cagey. It's the semi-final of a major European trophy. It's a fantastic achievement. 
I was fortunate enough to be part of a Rangers team that made it through to the semi-final. What I will say is that it will change a lot of these boys' lives. You've been successful, won the league the last year and have the chance of winning the Scottish Cup. But getting to a final in Europe is something that will never leave you. Unfortunately, we were not able to get the job done. But hopefully, if this group gets through, it gives them an opportunity in the final for them to become heroes. Not only for Rangers, but for Scottish football. I don't think anyone expected to see any Scottish team back in a semi-final, never mind a final. If Rangers find a way to navigate through this, it's a fantastic achievement. These boys are potentially two games away from becoming, you could say it, national heroes. Report by Ewan Payton Evening Times Sport, April 26 St Andrews set to attract record crowd for 150th Open Championship. The 150th Open Championship is set to attract a record crowd of 290,000 to St Andrews, tournament organisers have announced. More than 1.3 million applications for tickets were received by the R&A, resulting in the highest ever number of general admission tickets being issued to spectators. The previous record attendance saw 239,000 fans witness Tiger Woods lift the claret jug for the first time at St Andrews in 2000. R&A Chief Executive Martin Slumbers said, The 150th Open at St Andrews is going to be a momentous occasion for golf, and this is clearly reflected in the extraordinary demand among fans to be part of this historic playing of the championship. We very much appreciate their passion and enthusiasm for the Open and are delighted that we will set a new attendance record that far exceeds the previous best set in 2000. First Minister of Scotland Nicola Sturgeon said, The Open Championship is a brilliant opportunity to showcase Scotland as the home of golf on a global stage in an historic year for sport, with five major tournaments being hosted across five weeks this summer. The news that this will be the largest championship ever staged as is a phenomenal feat and reminds us of the enduring appeal of golf. The event, which will welcome visitors from across the world to Scotland, will also have an extremely positive impact on our economy, businesses and tourism industry. According to an independent forecast by the Sport Industry Research Centre at Sheffield Hallam University, the 150th Open is expected to generate around £200 million in total economic benefit to Scotland. Evening Times Sport, April 27 Alan McGregor makes Rangers occasion admission ahead of Europa League showdown. Report by Chris Jack Alan McGregor admits 
He is making a conscious effort to savour the occasions as he prepares for what could be his final crack at European glory. Rangers take on German giants RB Leipzig in the first leg of their Europa League semi-final and are on the brink of a shot at the silverware in Seville. McGregor missed the 2008 defeat to Zenit St Petersburg due to injury and has played an integral part in re-establishing Rangers on the continent since returning to Ibrox. A place in the showpiece final would be another milestone moment and the 40-year-old knows he must make the most of every game during the final stages of a glittering career. McGregor said, It has got to be one of the most satisfying periods of my career. Three and a half years ago, I don't think anybody thought we would qualify for the groups. And then each year we have progressed. I don't know how we are going to progress next year, right enough. It has been an unbelievable achievement from all the boys and staff throughout the three and a half years. It has been a good run. Whether it is the best or most consistent run, it probably is. I don't look back on history. It has definitely got to be up there. I never thought it was going to be happening, to be honest with you. I have said it a million times, and you just take each game as it comes. We have done well, and we deserve to be here. I am obviously glad we are here. It will be a big occasion for the club, a big occasion for the players, and we just need to go and enjoy it. Probably after the games, I try and savour it more with the fans. I don't want to say anything too dodgy here. Even after the game against Celtic at Hamden, I was walking about savouring the atmosphere. It is something that I am maybe conscious of doing now and savouring things more. Report by Chris Jai. Evening Time Sport, April 27. Aberdeen's Calvin Ramsey is the Scottish Football Writers Young Player of the Year. Report by Frank Gilfeather. Calvin Ramsey's list of admirers grows daily with any number of Premier League clubs south of the border ready to go to auction for him in the summer. Liverpool remain favourites for his signature and with the teenage Aberdeen defender citing Anfield's Trent Alexander-Arnold as his leading influence, it was perhaps the biggest of hints that Merseyside might be his next destination as the England stars understudy. The 18-year-old Ramsey, named the Scottish Football Writers Young Player of the Year, has enjoyed a meteoric rise in this his first full season in the Premiership, as clubs like Tottenham, Leicester City, Manchester United and Newcastle are ready to engage in a bidding war for his services. Leeds United are also preparing to throw their hat into the ring for a player for whom the Dons turned down a £4.8 million deal from Serie A side Bologna in January. He said, there are some big players, great players who have won the award and it's just a massive achievement for me really. 
It's been a good season. Not for the club, obviously. We know we needed to do better. But on a personal note, coming in for my first full season in professional football, I think I've done well. I've enjoyed it. And to get this award has topped it off, really. My dad, Graham, has helped me a lot, as well as players like Alexander Arnold, Kyle Walker, all those top players. I like to watch videos of them and try and base my game on them. But when I was a youngster growing up, my dad definitely helped me a lot to get to where I am. Like Alexander Arnold, Ramsey started out as a midfielder in youth football until he was given the role of right-back against Chelsea during a tournament in Holland. He insisted, in centre-mid you have to be technically good and Alexander-Arnold is technically good. He moved to right-back and is good at going forward and good defensively. As a full-back, Watching Trent and his crosses and his technical ability, if I can get to that level, then it would be a bonus. If I can be half the player of him, I will be laughing. But I'm still an Aberdeen player. I've still got to focus on the four games left this season and keep putting in good performances. We'll see where it takes me in the summer. Those are the kind of words to encourage Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp, who could be forgiven for believing the youngster is pitching for the opportunity to learn from his defensive hero at Anfield. Although the Aberdeen boy who has the most assists of any teenage defender in world football did not discount playing abroad. He said, if you come into the first team and play well, like I have, anything can happen. The likes of Aaron Hickey came in at Hearts. He did well and got a big move to Serie A and he's been brilliant, scoring goals and everything. Andy Robertson at Liverpool and Tierney at Arsenal have been brilliant and they're players I look up to, especially as they're full-backs like me. I've seen what they've done. I feel I could go on to do that as well. Report by Frank Gilfeather Evening Times Sport April 27 Kyogo admits Celtic standing ovation nearly had him in tears Report by Ewan Payton Celtic star Kyogo admits he wanted to cry after the standing ovation he received following his return from injury earlier this month. The Celtic Park faithful gave the Japanese forward a rousing reception as he took to the field as a second-half substitute in the 7-0 victory over St Johnson. The 27-year-old had been out with injury for four months. He scored 16 goals in the first section of the campaign and instantly became a fan's favourite. The League Cup winning hero was without doubt a huge miss for Ange Postecoglou and company, so to have him back was clearly something very exciting for the fans. And Kyogo has thanked them for making him feel so special. He told Celtic TV, 
When I returned to the game, it was a very, very nice atmosphere. Home game, full stadium. That made me really happy. I was happy warming up before going on the pitch, with fans receiving me with a big applause. I felt the love of everybody. I was almost crying because I felt really happy. The team was really good in that game, and I just wish I could have got a goal. The striker got on the score sheet against Ross County on Sunday for the first time since 2021, and with a crunch derby against Rangers coming up this weekend, Kyogo is aiming for more. He said, it was very nice to score the goal in that game. I have to thank Yota for the pass. I was just finishing the chance. I had other opportunities I should have taken and I should have scored. So I still have a lot of objectives to overcome. I think I can still grow as a footballer and make my quality of play better. Yes, I want to mark my game against Rangers. We want the result for the next game and the most important thing is victory. I will work hard and I would like to have opportunities to score goals. But again, the most important thing is to make the team have a victory. As a striker, I would like to contribute to a victory. Report by Ewan Payton Evening Time Sport, April 27 Nordic broadcaster Viaplay seal exclusive Scotland broadcast rights. Report by David Irvin. Nordic broadcaster Viaplay will exclusively broadcast Scotland national team fixtures from 2024 to 2028. The deal under UEFA's centralised National Association media rights sales process will see all of Scotland's European qualifiers for World Cup 2026 and Euro 2028, UEFA Nations League fixtures and any friendlies shown by Viaplay. The Scottish FA announced the new deal this morning and confirmed positive initial dialogue with UEFA and Viaplay has been had over making some matches free to air under the arrangement. Viaplay will launch in the UK in the second half of this year with a broad streaming offering that combines live sports with premium original content. The SFA added in the release that broadcast arrangements for national team fixtures in both the Nations League and Euro 2024 qualifiers from June 2022 to 2024 are ongoing. An update is expected in the near future. Scottish FA Chief Executive Ian Maxwell said, We are pleased that Viaplay recognise the value of the Scotland men's national team and look forward to them broadcasting what will hopefully be yet more successful qualification campaigns for this current Scotland side. The guaranteed income that we receive through UEFA's centralised media rights sales 
allows us to continue to grow the national game. The finances help us to invest in a multitude of areas, including the grassroots game, girls and women's football, coach education and para football, helping us harness the power of football to grow and develop the game. Report by David Irvin. Evening Time Sport, April 27. Patrick Thistle reveal ground share with Queen's Park will not continue next season. Report by Ian Collin. Patrick Thistle have revealed they will not ground share with any other club next season as they take steps to repair their battered pitch. The Jags have asked for their two home ties in next term's Premier Sports Cup group stage to be scheduled as late as possible after planning a full renovation of the rutted surface. The Firhill outfit have shared their stadium with Queen's Park this term as the League One hopefuls have redeveloped their home at Lesser Hamden. With multiple postponements over winter not helping, the weekly use has taken its toll on the pitch, which has been heavily criticised by opposition teams and Thistle's own players. It was branded Sunday League by Dundee United's Ian Harkis following the Tangerine Scottish Cup victory in Maryhill in February, whilst Partick winger Scott Tiffany confessed their home suffers had been a factor as their title push faltered. Chief Executive Jerry Britton reassured fans last summer that the arrangement with Queen's Park would have minimal impact. However, they have now been forced to prepare for major remedial work once Ian McCall's side, who are expected to seal a promotion playoff place on Friday, have played their final home game. A statement read, Patrick Thistle FC can confirm that a full renovation of the pitch at Firhill will take place at the end of the current season, commencing as soon as it fully concludes. To help accommodate this, we have requested that our two Premier Sports Cup home group matches this summer are scheduled as our final two group fixtures. We would like to take this opportunity to thank head groundsman Alan Findlay and all his staff for their hard work all season and especially in recent months. The club can also confirm that there will be no ground sharing agreement in place with any other club for the 2022-23 season. Report by Ian Collin. Evening Time Sport, April 27. Celtic manager Postecoglou and Hearts Nielsen on Scottish Football Writers Five Man Manager of the Year shortlist. Report by David Irvin. The Scottish Football Writers Association have announced its shortlist for the Manager of the Year Award. A five-man nominees list has been revealed, featuring bosses from the Scottish Premiership, Championship and National Team. Celtic manager Ange Postecoglou 
is among those in contention for the award in his first season in Scottish football. The Greek Australian boss led a major overhaul in the summer to win the Premier Sports Cup with the club and is on the brink of a Scottish Premiership title win. Fellow top flight manager Robbie Nielsen has made the cut after a superb season with Hearts. He has guided the Jambos to a third place spot in the club's first season back in the division. Hearts also have a Scottish Cup final against Rangers to look forward to. Malky Mackay is the final candidate from the Scottish Premiership for his work at Ross County. After a dreadful 10-game winless run at the start of the season, County have sealed a top-half finish and could even earn a European spot. Arbroath manager Dick Campbell is representing the Scottish Championship in the five-man SFWA Manager of the Year shortlist. The part-time club have enjoyed a magnificent season running Kilmarnock close to the championship title and preparing to play in the promotion playoffs. The final nominee is Scotland boss Steve Clark. He has Scotland just two games away from reaching the finals of the World Cup. The winner will be announced at the annual Player of the Year dinner on Sunday, May 8. Report by David Irvin. Evening Time Sport, April 27. Fashion Sakala will travel to RB Leipzig clash. Report by David Irvin. Giovanni van Bronckhorst has confirmed Fashion Sakala will travel with the Rangers squad to take on RB Leipzig. The Rangers boss was quizzed on his squad selection with Kamar Roof and Alfredo Morelos both out injured for the crucial semi-final match. And Van Bronckers faced a question on whether Sakala could travel to Germany or not for the European showdown. The Dutchman wasted little time on the suggestion as he confirmed Sakala would be part of the Rangers squad heading to Germany. He said, no, we are going with a big plane, a lot of players, a lot of staff. Sakala is travelling. While Rangers will be without Morelis and Roof, Van Bronckhorst has confirmed that no new injuries have been sustained by players, meaning he has the same squad available as in the trip to Maro. He continued, we have no fresh injuries. We have the squad available from Motherwell. Morelis and Roof are not available, and I have made my plans after watching the opponent playing. I will choose the right game plan, and we need the players to perform well. Report by David Irvin. Evening Time Sport, April 28. Boxing. Grant quickly excited for return after five-and-a-half-year ring absence. Report by Graham McPherson. Few professional boxers ever get to preside over a seven-year undefeated record. Most, though, also don't have to wait five-and-a-half years between their sixth bout and their seventh. It had initially unfolded promisingly for Grant Quigley, 
after he turned over in 2015, the light heavyweight winning his first half dozen contests, three by way of stoppage. Then it started to unravel with a raft of cancelled contests leading to a loss in motivation and ultimately the tough decision to step away from the sport. A spell working offshore also put paid to any prospect of an imminent comeback for the Port Glasgow fighter. Quigley admits he had no regrets in the early days about turning his back on the sport, but as the years wore on, the desire to return to the ring grew stronger. He hooked up again with longtime trainer Kenny Crichton and former manager Ian Wilson with a view to making a comeback only for more postponed bouts, including one last month, to again leave him frustrated. All being well though, he will finally pull back on the gloves for the first time since October 2016 as part of the St Andrews Sporting Club's tribute night to Cash Farouk and Quigley is determined to make the most of his second chance. It's been a long time coming, said the 27-year-old, who now works as a scaffolder at the Ferguson shipyard, just five minutes from his home in Inverclyde. I have had a few comeback dates penciled in, including one last month, when my opponent pulled out at short notice. Before that, I had a shoulder injury, which set me back a bit. It did get to a point where you begin to wonder if it is ever going to happen. It was as if someone or something was telling me not to get back in the ring, but I've stuck at it and it's been a good test of character. I think if I had suffered all these setbacks the first time around, it would have been enough for me to call it a day. But being away for a few years made me realise how much I missed it. And so every time a fight's been called off, it's not phased me. I've just kept going to the gym and plugging away, knowing my time would come. And now, fingers crossed, it looks like I'm finally getting that comeback fight. Having the familiarity of working with Crichton at the Port Victoria Boxing Club has helped Quigley get quickly back into his stride as has reuniting with Wilson. And he continued, When I was away from boxing, Ian used to phone me to see how I was doing and whether I wanted to come back. So it was good to know that was on the table in case I ever decided to get back into it. Eventually, I felt it was time. There wasn't any one particular moment or a particular turning point just a feeling growing that I was missing the thrill of it all. I also felt that I hadn't really fulfilled my potential the first time around. I wanted to come back and test myself and see how far I can go. I want to be in against hard opposition and hopefully get some titles along the way. He believes his return to the ring finds him a much more rounded and mature individual, learning valuable life lessons along the way. And he continued, I was quite young when I gave up, maybe 21 or 22. 
I was quite immature in a lot of ways. I was still quite into the partying lifestyle, going out drinking, and my mindset wasn't in the right place. I wasn't dedicated enough and more interested in other things. My head wasn't right, and I was just kidding myself on. I fell out of love with boxing for a while. Plus, I had the big worry about wanting to advance my scaffolding career. I was at an age where I wanted to get money together for a deposit for a house, so I decided to go offshore to work to give myself a start in life. It wasn't that hard to give up boxing at that time. I didn't really think about it. It was only a year or two after that that I started to miss the big nights and the adrenaline rush you get when you're working towards a goal. I feel when I turned pro I was still a boy and I'm coming back to the sport as a man. I'm more mature and settled. I'm married with a baby on the way. I've grown up a lot and I'm more focused now. I said I would only come back if I was going to give it 100% and I'm definitely going to do that now. Report by Graeme McPherson Evening Time Sport April 28 Andreas Hinkle reveals identity of Celtic insider delivering Rangers tactical pointers Report by Aidan Smith Andreas Hinkle has revealed that he has been seeking pointers about Rangers from Celtic assistant John Kennedy. The pair played together during Hinkle's stint at Parkhead and have remained close friends since. Ahead of the Europa League semi-final, the former Celtic defender explained, Of course we have analysed them and collected a lot of information. Among other people we have spoken to on the phone and asked for information from is John Kennedy, the Celtic assistant coach, my former teammate and someone I still stay fairly closely in touch with. It's a team geared strongly for the physical aspects, that is defensively robust, players who stay compact and defend well, but their counter-attacking game is also quite strong and they have dangerous attackers. Not for nothing are they in the semis. Meanwhile, RB Leipzig boss Domenico Tedesco joked he will sleep at the club's academy to escape from Rangers fans who arrived in Germany for the Europa League semi-final. It has been reported that around 7,000 Rangers fans will be in Leipzig for the first leg of the last four tie. The Bundesliga side's manager welcomed the away fans and speaking at the club's training ground he said, First of all, we are happy that a lot of Rangers fans will come to the city. They pay the hotels, pay the restaurants, they buy beer, so it is good for the economy of Germany. Also, we are living in a really good hotel in the centre and they told me that 200 fans are coming to the hotel so I will sleep here in the academy in the next couple of days. But we are happy playing at home with a good atmosphere is the best thing that can happen. I am happy to play here and I am already happy to play at Ibrooks, 
So we have to collect these moments. That's the most important thing in football, to collect moments and situations. And we are very happy. Report by Aidan Smith. Evening Time Sport, April 28. Leipzig will not underestimate Rangers' challenge. Report by Chris Jack. Angelino insists RB Leipzig will not underestimate the challenge of Rangers ahead of their Europa League semi-final clash. Giovanni van Bronckhorst's side are daring to dream of a final berth as the champions set their sights on Seville and a shot at the silverware. But Leipzig, who sit fourth in the Bundesliga, head into the first leg this evening with double aspirations of their own after booking their spot in the final of the DFB Pokal. The Rotten Bullen have been in fine form under the guidance Domenico Tedesco since he replaced Jesse Marsh as boss earlier this term. And the German giants will take nothing for granted as they attempt to set up a meeting with counterparts Frankfurt or West Ham United next month. Angelino said, It will be a tough game. Every game you play in a UEFA competition is tough. We are really looking forward to it. It's difficult. We have two players, Will Orban and Mohamed Simakan, suspended. But we have quality in the squad and we're fully focused on the game. We are very excited to have this chance and it will be massive for us to play the first game against Rangers in our own stadium. We are all positive. We have been doing great since coming back in January and we are ready for the game. The fact that they're a Scottish team has nothing to do with it. When you play in a cup competition, every team is dangerous. You can always be surprised in a game like this. You cannot underestimate anyone. You see it every year in the German Cup. A team from outside the top league can beat a big team. We are ready for the challenge and hopefully we can produce a good performance. Report by Chris Jack. Evening Times Sport, April 28. Tom Rogic explains how Postikoglu got him playing with a smile on his face. Report by Graeme McGarry. Tom Rogic has counted in and counted out more managers and players at Celtic than he cares to remember. But rarely in over nine years at the club can he have played at a higher level than he has in this team under Ange Postecoglou. Such has been his renaissance in a Celtic jersey. Rodgers proudly took his place among the four nominees for the PFA Scotland Premiership Player of the Year award. Recognition from his peers at the brilliance he has produced over the course of the season. Credit for that rejuvenation in his own personal performances must go to the player, but a large slice of it must also go to Postecoglou, who has taken a player that looked to be on his way out of the club just over a year ago and dragged the magic back out of him at the heart of the Celtic attack. Naturally, 
having worked with his compatriot previously when both player and manager were with the Australian national side. His Celtic teammates were trying to mine Rudjic for information on their new gaffer when it became clear he would be the man to eventually succeed Neil Lennon in the summer. Beyond some titbits though, on the style of play he may look to employ, Rogic couldn't impart any particular knowledge on the man, with every player under his guidance being treated in exactly the same manner. That has continued at Celtic, and Rogic cites precisely that reason to explain how Postecoglou has managed to wring the best out of him, and also the collective transforming their fortunes from the ragtag outfit that shambled over the finishing line in second last season to a team standing on the verge of a remarkable title triumph. Said Rogic, I have been at Celtic a long time and I have seen a lot of players come and go. There was a lot of work to do from where we were at the end of last season to where we are now, an enormous transition and probably the manager deserves the most credit for that. He has got us playing a really exciting brand of football that everyone has bought into, and everyone is working extremely hard. It could be any number of players who are here for this award. I guess, naturally, the other players asked me about him. I have worked with the manager for a number of years in the national team, and I knew him well enough to a certain degree. Once you have experienced working with him, you know that he treats everyone the same. There's no preferential treatment to anybody. Boys obviously asked me questions and things like that, but they found out pretty quickly how he was and how he works. It's been good so far. There's been a big transition, a big change. It happens at clubs and for some seasons some have bigger transitions than others. Thankfully, we have been able to gel, to gel together as quickly as possible with a number of good signings and a bunch of good guys who have fitted in pretty well. I guess I am no different to anyone else in the team. And from a player's point of view, the manager plays a brand of football most players would want to play in and enjoy. He's been great. I worked with him for four or five years in the national team, but obviously in international football, you don't get the time to work together day to day. And that's a new aspect I have really enjoyed this season, experiencing those challenges and the intensity of work under him every day and striving to be the best you can be. He really challenges everyone at the club to do that each and every day. You never know what is going to happen in football. I'd say I had an idea to a certain extent how we were going to go about our business, but it's a funny game and things do not always work out the way you plan. It's been a really collective effort and all of the players, along with the manager and the coaching staff, have brought some success and hopefully some more in the future. 
The incredible turnaround in Rodic's own fortunes mirrors that of his teams, with the man the fans call the Wizard of Oz, reportedly ready to follow the yellow brick road to the riches of Qatar last season. He wouldn't comment on that specifically when asked, but did admit that last term was a difficult one for him and for everyone at the club. He said, I think there are lots of stories all the time. I cannot control speculation, it's out of my control. That's just how football is. Did I feel that I wanted to leave? Not really. I can't control what people are thinking on the outside. I'm a pretty relaxed guy, and that wasn't on my mind at all, to be honest. Football works in funny ways, and I think sometimes people get too high when things are going well, and then they get a little carried away when it's not going so good. So it's not been on my mind. I have enjoyed the season thoroughly. In spells, I have probably played some of my best football, and physically it's probably the best I have felt for a long time. It's just been nice to be out on the pitch every week and enjoying playing football with a smile on my face again. Report by Graeme McGarry Evening Time Sport April 28 Scotland fans could miss two Nations League games due to TV blackout. Report by Ewan Payton Scotland supporters could face a TV blackout for two of the country's Nations League matches in June. The Daily Mail report that Scotland's matches against Armenia and Ireland may not be televised. Their report states that Channel 4 have agreed a new deal to showcase England's Nations League games in June. However, the broadcaster have opted not to air any Scotland matches. Sky Sports currently hold the rights to broadcast Scotland matches, but this deal ends following the conclusion of the World Cup playoff games. Scotland face Armenia in Yerevan on June 8 and Ireland in Dublin on June 11. It follows the announcement on Wednesday that Scotland's World Cup and Euro qualifiers will be broadcast exclusively on Nordic subscription service Viaplay from 2024 to 2028. Report by Ewan Payton. Evening Time Sport, April 29. Gareth Murray daring to dream as Glasgow Rocks gear up for playoff. Report by James Kearney. After a two-year absence, Glasgow Rocks are once again involved in the BBL postseason. Now that they are there, player coach Gareth Murray is determined to make a big impression. Scotland's sole representative in the BBL will tonight host Sheffield Sharks, the league's second-place side, in the first leg of the playoff quarter-finals before making the journey down south for the return fixture on Sunday. A strong run of form, particularly at home, towards the end of the campaign, saw the Rocks claim 7th spot and a berth in the knockout stage of the tournament, 
while a run to the final four of the BBL Cup and BBL Trophy provides grounds for cautious optimism about the team's prospects. Murray, for one, can't wait to get going. He said, There were no playoffs in the COVID year and last year we didn't make the playoffs, so it is good to be back. We have made two semi-finals this year and unfortunately we did not reach the final in either, which was difficult for the team. I think we have a good match-up for ourselves in Sheffield Sharks. We played them a couple of weeks ago and won on the buzzer 77-76, which was a pretty good game. From the teams that are remaining, I think Sheffield are the best match that we could have hoped for. It's in the way that we match up. They are a really defensive team. They really slow down the pace, but we are the complete opposite. We want to push the pace, play fast, get more possessions than the other team. That forward-thinking approach has reaped dividends across the course of the campaign. The Rock's gung-ho attacking style, coupled with a formidable record when playing at Glasgow's Emirates Arena, leave Murray believing his team have a fighting chance this weekend. He continued, our home games are always important because our road record this year has not been amazing, but our home record is the joint best in the league. So getting a good result at home is really important for us ahead of Sunday. They are the number two defensive team in the league and we are the number two offensive team in the league. So it is a complete contrast, but it should be a good match-up to see which style of play comes out on top. We have the head-to-head -head over them in the league and they have the head-to-head -head in the cups, so it's fairly balanced. I don't think either game will be a blowout. I don't think you'll see a 20-point win for either team. I think both games are going to be very close. This is not the first occasion this season that the Rocks have found themselves facing an opponent, but, as Murray explains, this time it is a little different. He said, This will be the third time we have played a two-leg game where we have not had another game scheduled in between. This week we can only focus on Sheffield, which is good. It's what I like anyway. I would really like if we could just play one game a week, then we could just focus on that team and get in really deep with the scouting and really try and stop each team. But now we can really focus on what works on that team, what doesn't work against them, how to stop them. With his side potentially just four games away from a one-off final in London, Murray is feeling optimistic. Any myriad of problems could strike the Rock's opponents and any number of unforeseen circumstances could tip the scales in the Glaswegians' favour, he reasons. His job is to make sure that the team are primed and ready to take advantage of whatever the future has in store. And Murray added, You're playing four games and you can be in a final. And you only really have to win two of the games out of the four. 
You just have to win them by big margins. It's a knockout competition and the aggregate score usually finds the best team when you get to a win-off final. Anything can happen. We finished the season fairly well and we are playing with a lot of confidence. You never know, you might turn up and the other team just want to go home. You don't know what can happen. Report by James Kearney Evening Time Sport, April 29 Joe Arebo insists Leipzig tie is still alive. Report by Aidan Smith Joe Arebo remains confident that Rangers can book their spot in the final of the Europa League despite going down 1-0 at the hands of RB Leipzig in the first leg of their semi-final. The Ibrox outfit were dealt a cruel blow late on as Angelino arrowed a volley into the back of the net with just five minutes remaining. Leipzig dominated proceedings in Germany but Rangers defended well and looked solid as a unit as they attempted to break on the counter. Aribo was utilised as the central figure in a false nine formation and he is sure with a full Ibrox behind him that Van Bronckhurst's team can get the job done next week in Glasgow. He said, all in, all the boys are disappointed in the end. We thought we could have seen the game out. It was disappointing to see that goal go in, but there is still a lot to play for in the tie and we will be ready to go at Ibrox next week. We just wanted to stay compact and make it difficult for them to break through. We did that and for most parts they didn't have many chances despite getting that goal late on in the game. It was all about concentration and hard work. The boys needed to give their all and work hard for everyone on the pitch and that is what we did. I am happy to play anywhere. First of all, I am just happy to be out there on the pitch, but getting in those areas behind midfielders is where I see myself. We wanted to get our full backs up high and get balls in their box because we knew that could be a threat. We had a few half chances, but we just didn't really get the break of the ball and that is what happened. We will listen to what the boss has to say and take on the pointers he wants us to do in order to get the result and win the game. The tie is still alive. We know what can happen at Ibrox with a crowd backing us 100%. I can't wait for it. Report by Aidan Smith Evening Time Sport, April 29 RB Leipzig boss Tedesco ready for special Ibrox and Rangers return leg. Report by Chris Jack. Domenico Tedesco is relishing the chance to finish RB Leipzig's Europa League job at a special Ibrox next week. The German Giants will take a 1-0 lead into the semi-final second leg following a narrow victory on home soil. Angelino netted the only goal of the game to put Leipzig in control of the tie and within touching distance of a place in the final. 
But Tedesco knows his side will have to rise to the occasion once again as they prepare for an Ibrox onslaught from Rangers in the return fixture. Tedesco said, We expected it like this. Playing like this was one option for Rangers. When teams come here to Leipzig, they try to defend deep and compact and you have to handle this. It is very important not to lose the head. With Kent and Aribo, they have good guys, and Ibrox can be a different game. If they play like this, it's nothing-nothing, and they need a goal, so they have to open up. We are not looking forward with fear, but happiness. It is a pleasure to play in such stadiums with great atmosphere. I think Ibrox is special, and we are happy to be there in one week. Report by Chris Jack Evening Time Sport, April 29 Van Bronckhorst quizzed on Rangers squad availability for Celtic Clash Report by David Irwin Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has explained he is still unsure if any of his injured players will return for the Celtic Clash this weekend. The Rangers boss was missing Aaron Ramsey and Kamar Roof last night alongside long-term absentees Alfredo Morelos and Philip Hillander and he's admitted he's not sure whether Ramsey or Roof will make it back to fitness for the weekend. Rangers travel to Celtic Park on Sunday on league duty looking to close the gap to three points at the top of the table quizzed on the Rangers squad availability for the match. Van Bronckhurst said, We will do our recovery session today and then fly back. Today is very important to recover well and make our plans for Sunday. It is still too early to tell who will play or who will not. Our focus is now on Celtic. We will recover and prepare for the game on Sunday. The belief is there. We will go there to get a good result. Yesterday, the approach was to bring a good result back to Ibrox. Sunday, we have to go all out and do everything for the win. Report by David Irvin. Evening Time Sport, April 29. Ryan Jack makes Rangers mixed emotions admission. Report by Chris Jack. Ryan Jack insists Rangers have it all to play for at Ibrox as they set their sights on the Europa League final. The champions will have to overturn a first-leg deficit after a narrow defeat to RB Leipzig on Thursday night. Boss Giovanni van Bronckhorst issued an Ibrox rallying call as he backed the home crowd to inspire his side to a spot in Seville. And Jack knows Rangers can take to the field with confidence second time around <clears throat> after a late Angelino effort proved to be the difference in Germany. Jack said, There are mixed emotions after that. We gave ourselves every chance by going into the second half with a goalless score. Then we got undone by a set play, which is disappointing. But it's still all to play for, as far as we're concerned, and that's the mentality we'll take into next week, 
going into the game at Highbrooks with our fans behind us. We've done it before and we're excited to try and do it again. I wouldn't say we'd have taken one nothing before the game. When we go into games, we always expect to compete. We came into it thinking we could get a better result than we did, but it's all to play for. We've been in the situation before of being one nothing down, and we've turned it around. We know how tough the task will be, but we've kept ourselves alive, and with that crowd behind us next week, anything's possible. Evening Times Sport, April 29 James Tavani pained by RB Leipzig defeat Report by James Kearney James Tavani admits that Angelino's late strike for RB Leipzig was a painful moment for him and his teammates, but the Rangers skipper is adamant that his side can turn things around in the second leg at Ibrox next week. Van Bronckhorst's men defended bravely in Germany before shipping a spectacular late goal with five minutes to play. The two sides meet for the second leg in Govan next week and Tavarni believes he saw enough from his team's performance to give him hope of reaching May's Europa League final in Seville. He said, I thought we were solid throughout the game. We limited their chances, but we conceded off a set piece where our organisation wasn't good. It cost us. It is obviously one great strike, but we could have prevented it. We are disappointed in that, but we know that it won nothing and going to Ibrooks for the second leg, we are still well in the game. We know what we can produce at home with our fans backing us. Away from home, we wanted to take a good result back to Ibrox, and it is only one nothing, so we know we are more than capable of turning this in our favour. We know we can be better going forward. We still created a couple of chances, and we limited them, but back at home we can put in a really good performance. That's another thing. Next week we will have players coming back from injuries, so we will be fitter and stronger. We are looking forward to it. I expect it will be a different game. They have a one-goal lead, so they might be a little more defensive, but we are going to be fully at it from the first whistle. We are going to try and score as many goals as possible and try and keep the ball out the back of our net. We defended well today and it was just a set piece that let us down so we know we are capable of doing what we need to do. Report by James Kearney Evening Time Sport April 29 Van Bronckhorst outlines Rangers focus ahead of Celtic and Leipzig clashes. Report by Chris Jack Giovanni van Bronckhurst insists Rangers will not take their eye off the ball against Celtic as they attempt to keep their slim premiership dreams alive at Parkhead. Rangers head into the last old firm clash of the campaign, six points adrift at the top of the table and are seemingly in the final days of their reign as champions. 
Van Bronckhorst is expected to make changes to his side for the derby as he prioritises the Europa League campaign and the semi-final with RB Leipzig next week. Rangers trail by a single goal heading into the second leg at Ibrox and are just 90 minutes away from a shot at the silverware in Seville this term. The hunt for European glory must now take precedence for the light blues, but Van Bronckhurst is determined to build on the recent win at Hamden as he seeks another Celtic scalp on Sunday. Van Bronckhurst said, Well, of course it was a big result for us to reach the cup final. All we can do is prepare well and show we are 100% on Sunday. Of course we have the belief. This year it's in the balance, two wins and two losses, but we are six points behind. They have the advantage and we have to make sure we do everything we can on Sunday to get the difference back to three. Otherwise it will be very difficult for us to become champions. I think what I have seen in those months that I have been here is the focus and the preparation towards games from this group has been amazing. To be involved in Europe so far in the season and to every week prepare for only two, three days for a game, I think the players have done really well. It is a hectic schedule. It is hard work for everyone, not only the players but also the staff and everyone in the club. But everyone is doing their 100% and doing their best effort to prepare for the game. The players have done that so amazingly for the last months and we will keep doing that until we have played the Scottish Cup final. Report by Chris Jack. Evening Time Sport, May 2. Celtic winger Abada named PFA Scotland Young Player of the Year. Report by David Irvin. Leo Abada has been named PFA Scotland Men's Young Player of the Year. The young Celtic winger claimed the national award, having already bagged the same prize at his club awards night. The 20-year-old Abada received the award, beating competition from Calvin Ramsey, Connor Barron and Josh Doig. The Israeli winger has enjoyed a terrific season for Celtic, with no fewer than 26 goal contributions. He's netted 15 times and assisted 11 goals in 52 games so far this term for Celtic. Abada joined Celtic in the summer from Maccabi Peta Tikva for a reported £3.5 million fee. Report by David Irvin. Evening Time Sport, May 2. Callum McGregor named PFA Scotland Player of the Year. Report by David Irvin. Celtic captain Callum McGregor is the PFA Scotland Player of the Year. The Scotland International claimed at the top men's award at last night's awards ceremony. McGregor also won his club Player of the Year and Players Player of the Year prizes. The 28-year-old stepped up to replace Scott Brown as Celtic skipper in the summer after Ange Postecoglou was announced as manager. 
McGregor has been a key figure under Postecoglou this term, lifting the Premier Sports Cup in December and is closing in on the Scottish Premiership crown. He has played 49 times so far this term across all competitions and has scored four and assisted five. Report by David Irvin Evening Times Sport, May 2 Postecoglou named PFA Scotland Manager of the Year Report by David Irvin Ange Postecoglou has been named the PFA Scotland Manager of the Year. The Celtic boss was awarded the end-of-season gong, beating Malky Mackay, Dick Campbell and Paul Hartley to the prize. The Greek-Australian boss has Celtic on the brink of a Scottish Premiership triumph, sitting six points clear at the top of the table with three games left. Postecoglou also guided his side to a Premier Sports Cup victory at Hamden in December. PFA Scotland announced Postecoglou as a recipient at an awards dinner in Glasgow. Celtic are now 29 league games unbeaten under Postecoglou after a 1-1 draw with Rangers at Parkhead yesterday. Report by David Irvin. Evening Time Sport, May 2. Postecoglou responds to unassailable lead talk with ultimatum to his players. Report by Matthew Lindsay. Ange Postecoglou has called on Celtic to wrap up the Scottish title in style after watching the champions-elect survive a late Rangers fight back at Parkhead yesterday. A first-half Jota strike put the Singe Premiership leaders in front and they dominated the match against their Ibrox rivals. However, Fashion Sakala levelled for the visitors in the second half and Van Bronckhorst's team were unfortunate not to take the lead in the closing stages. Joe Hart denied Scott Arfield with a brilliant save, and Sakala hit the right post with a shot after busting through on goal. Celtic, who have a vastly superior goal difference to their nearest challengers, are six points clear with three matches remaining against Hearts, Dundee United and Motherwell. Postecoglou refused to accept the Glasgow Giants' lead is now unassailable, but he backed his men to close out the Scottish title with a flourish in the next fortnight. He said, I don't know about unassailable, but we are in a strong position. We have three games to go, two of them at home. We have been so strong at home all year, including today. We didn't lose. From our perspective, it gives us a great opportunity to take advantage of the position we are in. The thing with us, we don't want to sort of just get there. We want to finish strong, and we have three games to do that. It was a tense game, which we would expect with so much on the line, and the consequences of the result either way. We scored and had some great chances to go two or three up, but didn't take them. And to Rangers' credit, they fought their way back into the game. And once they scored, they got a bit of momentum. 
they had nothing to lose, so they were going to throw men forward and put us under pressure. But the boys still showed their resilience. Joe has made a couple of great saves, and we got a result out of it. I think a draw was fair. I am sure they feel they could have won the game. I feel we could have won the game. But I don't think one side dominated in totality. It was a bit of an arm wrestle, which you kind of expect when there is such massive consequences on the outcome. Report by Matthew Lindsay Evening Time Sport May 2 Willie Miller would not envy Aberdeen boss if he has to replace Ferguson and Rami Reyes. Report by Darren Johnson Aberdeen legend Willie Miller admits he would not envy boss Jim Goodwin if he has to find replacements for Lewis Ferguson and Christian Rami Reyes. The pair have carried the goal-scoring burden for the Dons this season with 16 goals apiece, but might not be at the club next term. Scotland international Ferguson is likely to be the subject of intense interest from clubs this summer, while Ramirez has been linked with a return to America amid suggestions he has not settled in Aberdeen. Their form in front of goal is one of the few positions in a season that is ending with the Dons in the bottom six of the Premiership. Miller said, You would have to wish Goodwin well in getting two players that can do the same as these two next season. Rami Reyes with the goals he scored, and Ferguson from a midfield area. If he can recruit better than that, then I think that's a magnificent job. It is about recruitment and bringing in players that are better than what he's got here. Looking round the squad, I think it's reasonably talented but it lacks in certain areas, and it certainly lacks defensively. I think Joe Lewis has come back onto a game, although there are doubts over his future at the club. There has always been an issue in scoring goals. Despite Saturday's one nothing victory over Dundee, a result which effectively made Aberdeen safe, Miller admits watching Aberdeen this season has been tough. He added, it takes that pressure away, but let's face it, it's the bottom six. At least with that pressure there is something to play for and some excitement. The Aberdeen's fans stay right to the end. I don't know if they're getting used to these types of performances, or if they are nervous and actually applauded the team and the lap of honour was had. For me, if you are Aberdeen, and you're in the bottom six, it's depressing. If you're going into these games and playing against the bottom team and just manage to get over the line, it's not a good sign. Report by Darren Johnston. And that was this week's Glasgow Times Sport podcast, normally recorded in our studio at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre, currently recorded from our volunteers' homes with the publisher's kind permission. Thanks for listening.